Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with Andrew Maffetone from Blue Tusker. Blue Tusker is a full-service marketing company for online brands ready to accelerate their growth. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get in the business in the first place? So my father was an entrepreneur as well. Uh, he actually acquired a business while I was still in high school. I knew I wanted to get into marketing. So he needed help at the warehouse. So I was like, hey, I'll help you in the warehouse if I can kind of get my feet wet in the marketing side. Started doing that. Uh, then as time went on, when I was in, let's say, late high school, early college, <clears throat> was a musician. I was a drummer for years. I was in a touring band, and we all had a job outside of being, uh, you know, a certain uh, instrument we were playing. So I actually ended up uh, overseeing all of our marketing, and ended up basically starting to grow that into its own agency, where I was pretty much the sole promotion and uh, concert promoter in central Florida and South Florida ended up getting real tired of the music industry. So I actually kind of pivoted that into hospitality slash retail. And that's when e-commerce really started to take off. So stuck that agency into uh, strictly e-commerce grew that merged it with another agency and then kind of uh, basically parted ways and exited that. Went in-house for a few years, uh, started another agency with someone else. We exited that in late 2019, and then I started Blue Tusker in early 2020, and now I am here on your podcast. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you crammed a whole lot in. <laughs> um, I am sure the longer version of that story could probably uh, be in a book somewhere if it isn't already. Um, let's unpack <laughs> what you're doing now. Um, who is an ideal client for Blue Tusker? So we work with e-commerce sellers uh, that, you know, they they can also sell in retail. We we pretty much focus on the digital space. And a lot of the sellers we work with are on multiple marketplaces. So typically they also have their own website, but then they also sell on Amazon, Walmart, eBay, Wayfair, uh, Chewy, any of those, right? And so we help these e-commerce sellers develop more omni-channel strategies and essentially put their marketing into a place where they can make sure that they're leveraging all of those different sales channels as they should be used, but then really focusing on their website, building their own audience, their own email list, that kind of stuff, propping it up to really become its own brand. And then obviously, hopefully successfully exiting it one day. Awesome. What are some of the biggest mistakes they're making or challenges that they're dealing with? Uh, 
right now the the biggest thing that we see is that a lot of brands don't really know their customer you you can know like you know you can look in google analytics or your social and stuff and kind of get like okay this is the demographic this is the age and that's about it but to really know them and get to understand like who are you exactly targeting what platforms are they on how are they feeling when they're on those platforms how are they feeling when they go to purchase those are two very different situations my favorite example is I have a, a brand we work with where their age group tends to be 35 to 55 females and they're it's apparel. So like, great. So they're fun. They're in a shopping mood. They're, you know, social media can do well. I have another brand where their average age group is also 35 to 55 females and they sell essentially like uh, jewelry that you can turn ashes into from someone who had passed away. You're targeting the same. I, think I saw that on Shark Tank. Yeah, you're targeting the same person in a very different light. So sometimes people just check boxes and they're like, "Oh, everyone's on TikTok, so I should be on there," or "Everyone does Google Ads, so I should be doing it." And that's not always the case. Sometimes you really need to know who your customers and where they are at and how they're feeling at the time in order to spread that message correctly and get them to convert. And I find that to be one of the biggest issues right now is no one really takes the time to learn that really hone in on a certain platform and then diversify instead of just going everywhere and checking boxes. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're suggesting, let's say hypothetically, one target market, one media platform, one offer, mine, all of the gold in that niche, get really good at it before you then go diversify and try and be everywhere all at once. More or less, yeah. I mean, certain product lines, they require you know accessories or recur uh, recurring purchases, things like that. But- Otherwise, like really honing in and getting getting good at one area before you start going into 500 places. I, I would agree 100%. Um, you mentioned something I think that's really important, which is the know your audience. How do you help e-commerce sellers get that data? Because you're right, Google Analytics isn't going to tell them their hopes, fears, dreams, what keeps them up at night, any of that. Yeah. A lot of that comes from, you know, you can look in analytics and you can look into your, your back end of your social and stuff and get the demographics. But when you really start to have conversations with them, so that can come from community management. Sometimes we'll use like word clouds where we'll actually export comments from social media or replies to emails or reviews left on Amazon or their website and throw them into a word cloud and kind of look at like, what are the common terms that a lot of people are using? Also helps from an SEO and a paid ads perspective, but that's a different story. But then really starting to see like, okay, what do all these words mean? How are they being used? What's the overall feeling? Then you can get into like having, uh, you know, if you're using some kind of heat mapping or scroll tracking platforms, a lot of those have surveys post-purchase. So you can ask them individual questions. And then it also comes down to a lot of times we'll figure out a little bit of market research where we'll go through and, and segment out certain parts of their audience and be like, hey, We'd love to give you a you know fifty dollar gift card on your next purchase if you wouldn't mind giving us twenty minutes of your time and then just asking them some questions and and really starting to develop a more solidified customer profile brand voice guideline that kind of thing. That makes a lot of sense. Now you've had I mean you offer Blue Tusker offers a number of different services. Which one is which one's your baby? Which one's your favorite? Right? Which one's your favorite? <laughs> So the reason I started Blue Tusker is because of the years I spent in-house. It was obnoxious. I, I couldn't get agencies to work together. My contractors couldn't work with agencies. Like 
they were always like semi semi uh, kind of overlapping. So they thought they were competitive and it was a nightmare. And so I thought, okay, obviously full service makes the most sense, but full service agencies have a very negative connotation. It's typically, you know, a handful of kids that you get a bunch of their hours and it's uh, they know a lot about a little, right. Or I'm sorry, they know a little bit about a lot. So what I wanted to do that was a little bit different was I want our account strategists to essentially act as fractional CMOs and each individual department be almost as if it was its own agency. So me personally, I'm always big on the data side. I've been big on paid advertising, uh, overall strategy, SEO, that kind of stuff. But then that's where I realized like, okay, I need to have specialists in-house in other areas. And then of course, as the business started to scale, I needed to bring in specialists for the stuff that I was good at. So me personally, that tends to be my area, but in the agency itself, we do a lot of paid advertising because everyone does a lot of paid advertising. SEO is really big because I'm a, I'm a big fan of like kind of developing the websites into assets. But outside of that, like they all kind of equal out because we act as like an outsourced marketing department for the most part. That's awesome. So what is it about what you're doing that gets you excited to get up and get to work in the morning? I love building, just building on stuff like, you know, working on my own business is obviously that's my baby. So it's a lot of fun, but sometimes you're like, okay, like enough of this stuff. And like, I want to change it up. And I've got tons of different clients where I go, Hey, I'm going to dive in with, uh, you know, this account today and, and work with them and just kind of work uh, side by side with their account strategist and just dig into that. So I love that I can change up every single day. And then doing stuff like this, getting to know you know people on on podcasts, kind of being able to keep my ear to the ground and see what's going on, what's working, what's not working. So really, like just building on all of that and building my business as well as others at the same time is just, I love it. That's awesome. How are you bringing those e-commerce sellers in the door now? How are you attracting folks to you? Uh, we do a lot of content. When I first started the business, we barely had our first, our website was barely up and I had already had blog posts written and that kind of stuff. I was already launching a podcast. Like I do a lot of content between blogs, videos, uh, shorts and stuff on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all that. And then of course, blogs and webinars and podcasts and all that. Um, so it's a lot of content, but typical agency and honestly typical of any business if you've got a quality product people just come and so word of mouth it tends to do the best with us um but otherwise it's just all the content that we're pushing out can you talk a little you've built an incredible team can you talk a little bit about them yeah so uh let's see we're all remote we started in early 2020 right before the pandemic hit which really just kind of was actually good timing only because e-commerce took off then. So we're all completely remote. We're all on uh, Eastern Standard and Central Standard time. Um, pretty much everyone's in the States. We do have like 30 or 40 some odd contractors. We're about half of them are in the States, half are overseas, most from an administrative level. Um, but collectively between contractors and employees, there's like 45 of us, I think right now. Um it's you know it's been a crazy ride of trying to figure out the full service model because you can't just like go and you know implement individual departments right away you kind of have to have someone tag team in two or three of them at the same time luckily now we're at a point where we're we're deep enough that we've got specialists that oversee each department and then you know obviously everyone beneath them that's helping them with executing individual strategies etc how do you, if everyone's remote, uh, what are some of the ways you found to like build and maintain company culture? Ooh, 
That's a good question. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> uh, so we use uh, Slack internally. Our project management systems is Asana. So like keeping like work stuff going is one thing. Culture is tough, especially in marketing, because, you know, casual conversation and just kind of BSing with each other is what really kind of helps the creative juices flow. So we do try to set up like, you know, uh, whether it's monthly or bi-monthly, sometimes like happy hours, we're all just hanging out and just chatting and just doing nothing. Um, We really leave a lot of buffer in certain client meetings to just kind of BS about the client and what's working, what's not working, kind of brainstorm. But then the way that we've got all of our communication set up and the way that the team kind of structures everything, they do a great job at looping each other in for each individual thing that they're doing. So like an account strategist will might have a call with someone on their paid ads team to discuss the social advertising that we're due, but we'll also loop in pretty much everyone else who's involved on the team because they want to know the nuances of what's going on within that client. So from keeping the client communication internal is is one thing, but the culture side is really just making sure that, you know, you're sitting at home on your own and you're siloed in your own little area doing your work and stuff. So casually still having that like water cooler conversation when you're sitting on a zoom call or something is still really important. So we try to encourage that as much as possible. That's awesome. Um, for our folks who are watching and listening, who might want to learn more and who fit your ideal client criteria, where is the best place for us to send them? Uh, honestly, any social or bluetusker.com, uh, where everything is at bluetusker or all my stuff is at Andrew math, um, pretty much everywhere. Uh, we try to, you know, really just our thing is help providing value. Obviously it helps us with the business as time goes on, but I answer emails all day of just people that found my email, had a question like, Hey, here's what you should do kind of thing. So it's, it's just kind of a, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, passing it on kind of thing. So any way that you want to reach us, or obviously you can email me, Andrew at bluetusker.com. That's awesome. How'd you come up with the name? <laughs> so I'd been a part of agencies in the past. I've worked with a lot of agencies in the past where their names were very general, right? Like growth digital or scale marketing or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. That's never going to work. How do you stand out like that? And so I wanted to just make up a name. And so I've always been a big fan of elephants around the time that I was uh, starting the company and starting to think about the company. I had uh, just lost my grandmother who had elephants all over her house. And I was like, I kind of want to stick the elephant thing. And there was some concepts around like how elephants work together and that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, this makes sense. And my wife and I met in high school and our colors were blue and gray. So I was like, okay, I'm going to merge the two. Uh, And then the uh, company that acquired us from our prior agency they had renamed right after I left and they dropped the E in their name and it wasn't exactly the most awesome experience. So I was like, out of spite, I'm also going to drop the E in my name. And so that's, that's pretty much how we came up with it. Awesome. Well, we greatly appreciate you spending some of your time with us. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Andrew Maff of Blue Tusker. Andrew, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.